1: hello 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 and welcome to another edition of the niner noise podcast part of the fan-sided podcast network my name is robert morrison i am a contributor at ninernoise.com and here with me to celebrate uh, the niner's trip to the what, what what the kids call it the ship the the, the chip the what, what, I don't know. Um, I'm old, I don't know these things. Uh, is another fellow contributor at Nine and Noise,
2: Chris Wilson. Chris, how are you doing this evening? Well, I was doing great, but now you got me thinking, is it the chip or the ship? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. We will have to look that up and confirm for you guys next week after we win it. So, I am doing fantastic, surprising, yeah. right? Head out to the Bay Area and saw a glorious football beatdown of the Vikings. And I did not really think it was going to go down no. that way, but it did. And I was happy that it did. And all of my feelings about cousins were sort of somewhat <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, the 49 just had an outstanding performance, especially on defense. And Sala definitely deserves credit because it was a game where I can't see any team in the NFL being able to compete with the Niners if they played defense that way. So it was a fantastic contest and a good ending to the contest because we're one win away from the Super Bowl. I can't believe I'm saying that. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I look so stupid for being interviewed like happy this season. and even asked, is this team for real? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe like another year. Yeah. Or, uh, eating my words.
1: But I guess in a good way. Yeah, now, right? I mean, right now it's looking like this team is poised for at least to be in the conversation for the next, what, three, four years at least, like maybe a half a decade, depending on how, if they are smart about their contracts and get a couple of breaks here and there. It just, um, I mean, we're not talking like a, a a twenty years Patriots dynasty type thing quite yet, but certainly I think I've already signed them. Up yeah, that, I mean, man. I'm I'm in for sure. But I, I think given where the strength of the team is and it's really young, if you look across the board, pretty much all major com- contributors outside of Joe Staley are, are you know under 30 years old, which is just you know that's the place you want to be. you want to be yeah, at this point uh, in the season uh, staring down a Super Bowl with a with a really young core of, of players and it's great. Um, I gotta say uh, this was a, a, a fun but like delightfully boring game to watch on Saturday. Uh, (laughs) You obviously were not at the stadium. No, 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 I wasn't. (laughs) But it it was strange because, you know, they won the game 27-10. And I I would argue that they probably had left a lot of points on the table. Like it could have been. Oh, yeah. Like a, you know, (laughs) They could have gotten a 40, I think, if they had not decided to sort of be like, you know what? The Vikings literally have nothing today um, and we don't need to score 40. Uh, but I think, you know, if they had decided to, to put their foot on the gas, like a la the Carolina game, I feel like they could have very easily um, because the defense was at least as good as it was in that game, that Carolina game, um, which honestly that game, the score of that game looked a lot closer or looked looked made the game look closer than it was in the 49ers scored 51 points um so there you go um but yeah it was just as you were alluding to a just a dominant performance on the defensive side of the ball um i don't know if you saw this stat but it's the first time first time if i'm not mistaken that five first round draft picks all collected sacks in a single game hmm. um <laughs> I, think I read that See, so that's, uh... Fair yep to see Bosa, buckner ford armstead and then solomon thomas got one in the game as well six sacks in total for the uh for the 49ers it was just it was just a great game and now they uh will uh host the nfc championship game the first uh of its kind at Levi stadium on sunday night against the green bay packers who beat the seattle seahawks in the other nfc divisional matchup which you know good riddance is all i gotta say um they were <laughs> freaking me out uh i was like are they doing this again? Like I'm, I'm watching it and I'm like really, are they going to do this again? And then we're going to have to deal with them again next week. Uh, not not exactly the the game that I'm sure that Packer
2: fans were looking for, but you know they got the win in the end. I don't know if you saw me uh tweeting about it, but if they would have been victorious, it would have been all my yeah, fault probably, because <laughs> because I, I I was watching as much as I could streaming of the game on the flight home, right. and after the third quarter, the Packers were up 20 to 17, and I had tweeted that entering the fourth quarter, 95% win probability. Yikes. Well, within six minutes, the Seahawks were only down by five, and it was down to 81% win probability, and then they got the ball, (laughs) and I'm like, oh no, why did I say that? Why? Why? Why did I say that? But luckily, they punted, and the Green Bay was able to run the clock out. Well, they didn't make it easy on themselves. They had two
1: third and long plays, one of which came on a really just like, you know, a very Aaron Rodgers esque play where he was almost getting tackled and he like jump toss the ball like over five players and Devontae Adams happened to be on the end of it. And then the other one was the sort of controversial play where it kind of looked like maybe Jimmy Graham didn't cross the line, but as it turns out, maybe the NFL's or maybe Fox's uh yellow line was just really badly placed and, and it actually wasn't as close as it as it looked like. Um, yeah. And so they needed two big third down plays for to even make the Make that happen, but we'll just get that out of your system, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I think Seattle's defense has been pretty poor all season, and I think it finally came to 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 bite them. And and you know, like I said, good riddance. And uh, you know, the less we have to talk about them at this point, the, the better.
2: Until next year. Until yeah. Next well, year.
1: well, maybe, maybe, maybe. um On the other side of the of the uh, bracket, in the AFC side, the Tennessee Titans somehow in a game that i watched the entirety of and still can't believe that i actually saw it happen uh they shocked the baltimore ravens um they sent the team with the best record in the nfl home after one playoff game uh lamar jackson now zero and two in the playoffs and um while he looked you know and his raw numbers were certainly better than they were last year against uh, the chargers uh, it's certainly going to be a thing that's be- going to become a narrative if it goes on much longer if it already hasn't um and then the other game the Kansas City Chiefs were down 24 to nothing in early in the second quarter to the Houston Texans and went on a 51 to 7 run for the rest of the game
2: i almost lost <laughs> to that game and i, I was <laughs> i didn't want Kansas City to continue no, but no, no, no. i do have friends who uh, especially a very good friend who I went to the game with last year, and, and he's a big Kansas City fan, and and you know I know how much he likes yep. the Chiefs. So, in some ways, I sort of reform, for him. But in that kind of situation, I'm like, I did not want to play them. Yeah, and I agree. The way that they were able to come back, and I don't know what they have on O'Brien, but they have something on him because that was just incompetence on
1: display. But that number fifty-one, a fifty-one to seven run to end the game is just some kind of ludicrous
2: thing. Like, how is that even possible? Well, here's exa- exactly <laughs> how it's possible. You, you go up what twenty-one nothing, and then you decide to kick a field goal. Yep. And then the Chiefs score a touchdown, and then you get the ball back, and then you're like, "Uh-oh, these guys can actually score points, so we're gonna fake punt it <laughs> <laughs> inside our own inside our own half, like basically in there in the
1: opposing team's red zone almost. It was just just right outside, maybe the thirty. 30 I think it was one. like the
2: the thirty something. Yeah, in the thirty something. Yeah. So obviously, what do the Chiefs do? They scored six straight touchdowns. Uh-huh. If I were the owner, Bill O'Brien would not be taking the plane out. At the very least, they certainly
1: need somebody else who's in charge of of something else, like having a GM calling like, Actually, on the team would probably be really helpful. I don't know. I think I feel like we benefit from having a, a general manager, but what do I know? So the Chiefs won that game fifty one thirty one fifty one thirty one. Do you want to know? Do you want to take a guess at what the over under on that game was?
2: I'll go out on a limb here and say it was under. 82 points. Uh, it was exactly it was exactly the Chiefs' score.
1: Yeah, I remember <laughs> it was somewhere in the low 50s. Yeah, the Chiefs the Chiefs get hit the hit the over under exactly on their own, which is incredible. Um, but anyway, so we have uh, the final four in the NFL season set. Um, you know, I think if we had taken a poll at the beginning of the season uh maybe one of these teams would have been on on everybody's uh guess in terms of like who do you think would make the final four before the year started i think the chiefs were definitely in that conversation i think you might have had some from packers people at the beginning who might have said yeah sure you know it's you know if the nfc is pretty loaded i think they have a decent chance but there's some good teams None of which are here, but there's no way in the world that anybody at the beginning of the year would have been like, oh, yeah, 49ers Titans are definitely in the final four and <laughs> this chance to go to the Super Bowl. And that could be a Super Bowl matchup, depending on how things go on Sunday, which is just crazy to think.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't mind that personally.
1: No, I, I definitely would. There are uh, there are three games left in this NFL season. It's crazy to think that it has gone by that quickly. Oh,
2: don't say that. I mean, another six months to wait for football Well,
1: four if you count the Pro Bowl, which apparently Lamar Jackson
2: is not wanted to talk about. It's not really a football game. I mean, they do play it in a football stadium yeah. with football players wearing football pads. But that's <laughs> sort of where the similarities end. Let us uh,
1: then uh, move into our one up, one down for this week. Uh, we're going to take a look at the uh, NFC Divisional Clash against the Vikings. Um, and I will begin with my up. I think there are, as we were talking about before we started recording, there are a lot of directions we could go with this. Um, there's almost nothing like negative happened during this game. And even the negative things are sort of like, well, but they led to this positive thing. And so you can't really get too terribly sad about it. Um, I almost went with Tevin Coleman, who played like his first real good game and probably since the Carolina game. But for me, it's got to be now uh, Pro Football Writers of America, uh, defensive and overall rookie of the year. Nick Bosa, Uh, credited with six tackles, two sacks, two tackles for loss, one pass defense and three quarterback hits, according to the ESPN box score. Uh, But PFF saw it a little differently. They credited him with seven total pressures and get this number. This this number is nuts. The 49ers had pressure on 23 out of Kirk Cousins, 29 dropbacks, according to PFF. It's real good. Um, (laughs) So both had both had seven of those uh, two sacks, one hit, four hurries and a team best 91.6 elite grade. Um, he, I think really benefited from the return of D Ford, who I think only played some like 20, 22 snaps or something like that. Uh, but was, you know, when he was in there, he certainly made a, a, a difference. And then, uh, you know, Eric Armstead continues to be like one of the most important players on this defensive line. And he's really shown up in his, what may be his final year here, hopefully not, but maybe not, but, uh, we'll see how that goes in the off season. And then you know DeForest Buckner continuing to be DeForest Buckner, um, you know going under the flying under the radar and not being noticed, but still playing top notch football. Um, this is the front four that we saw early in the season. This is the 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 front four that we thought we were going to get throughout most of the season. But you know with D Ford being out, other teams have been able to pay attention to Bosa a lot more, which is even you know all the more crazier considering the season that he has had, uh, the fact that. People that teams have been able to key in on him without having four on the other side, uh, but really they just they just made Kirk Cousins stay miserable from 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 the go, uh, and you know other than that one drive where they scored the touchdown. Just, they just couldn't really get anything done. As we were talking about last week,
2: did you see the stat on blitzing pressure versus just front four pressure against uh, Cousins
1: for this game? Yeah, you know, we talked about it. We talked about it last week that it, he was a lot better
2: against the blitz than he is against yeah. just regular pressure. didn't look like they were blitzing too much, and they were just they, they just had some freaks <laughs> in their front four. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and take a look now. How about that? Because I believe you have one other guy you want to speak about as a different kind of up
1: yeah. in a weird way it, yeah it's a weird in a weird way so um i wanted to to give a bonus uh, up to akella witherspoon which sounds really strange uh, because he, he, he once again had for that touchdown. Either, yeah. Yeah. For the touchdown, he gave up for, yeah. 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 Uh, he, once again, for the third week in a row, had the team's worst PFF grade on defense, I like where this is heading. but uh, that is not why I want to give him an up. I want to give him an up because of the response that he had to being benched in favor of Emmanuel Mosley. He had, he played the first two drives for the 49ers on defense opposite Richard Sherman, he was fine on the first drive because they, you know, went three and out and everything was okay. Uh, And then they immediately started picking on him in the second drive after the 49ers went up 7-0. Got a holding penalty (laughs) that I was kind of like, you know, whatever. Um, You know, I think he got kind of a shaft on that one. And then he got pretty much a little torched you know yeah he was at a position um and stefan diggs went by him and scored their only touch the vikings only touchdown of the game um interestingly enough it was also like half of their passing yards for the whole game was that 41 yard uh pass um but and from there on it was emmanuel mosley uh and witherspoon had basically a choice at that point it was i can go sit on the bench and sulk and you know be mad because i lost my because i played poorly and then i lost my job or he could Choose to be a part of the team, and apparently he went immediately to uh, is it Tim 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 Hightower, the uh, the special teams coach? Is that right? He played for us. I don't think
2: he coached for us. Something Hightower. Um, do my research. <laughs> uh, Last names I can do, and, and for first names of special yeah. teams coaches, not so much. <laughs> he,
1: he went. He went to the special teams coach. First name I know. He went to the special teams coach, and he said, "Give me Eman's uh, special teams reps." He said, "I want them all." He said. He said E-Man needs, needs his energy for, for defense, and so he immediately was put in on the kick team coverage and all those places that Mosley usually plays on special teams, uh, which I think is, number one, really smart on his part, um, and number two just shows that uh, the 49ers knew what they were doing with uh, sort of allowing him to continue to go out there and keeping him keeping him on a short leash. Uh, you know, it says a lot about his character and the fact that he's here to, to help the team. And I think I, I, I really love that. And even if that's what he continues to be for the, for the rest of the season, if he is, you know, a special team, a key special team player, um, I think that's, that's really important that he still sees a role for himself on the team, even if he is not, uh, the starter at cornerback anymore.
2: Yep. That was a big boy move and a mature move. And he scored major points in my book. And Witherspoon, and I know I've been negative at times, not all the time. I, I think of have a lot of potential, but the effort seems to be here and there, depending on the game. I, I don't know if that's actually the case, but that's just sort of what the film shows. But you show me something there. Not that it matters to you, <laughs> but I am not necessarily on the Witherspoon train to have him out there. And I think we can all now agree, including Salah, that... He should not be starting this game. Yeah, it's been like what, like a three or four week debate, and and we came to that conclusion very well fairly early. early and uh, I believe that Salah, I'm hoping that Salah has now come to that conclusion. But you have a guy in Witherspoon who can potentially head out there and be a very good cornerback. Yeah, if he wants to be slash if he has, you know got the fire. And one thing that he did show us is that. He is dedicated to this team and he's dedicated to his teammates, which is just as important. So even more than a small up for me that that's definitely a big up. So props to you there with a spin. So going back to uh, to cousins, we were, and I think by we or was you were absolutely right and should be hired immediately for some <laughs> very well-paid analytical or coaching position in the NFL. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, because stats were not so hot this week, along with some other weeks when he's been pressured. But so when he was not under pressure, going by Pro Football Focus's numbers 63 offensive grade, 62.6 passing grade. When he was under pressure, 40.1. And by the way, we should note those 63s are not really all that good either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. 63 is like good for our, our interior offensive linemen, but, but they're not good for other players. So 63 rating when he was not pressured and 40.1 when he was pressured and 46.2 when he was not blitzed and 69.6 when he was blitzed. So when he was not blitzed, he threw his one interception. When he was blitzed, he threw his one touchdown. When he was not blitzed, he was sacked six times. When he was blitzed, he was sacked zero times. Yep. Sounds about right. So you called it, and the 49ers did exactly what they had to do and what you said that they had to do, and they did it, and they were successful. So I think that we should probably credit you at least a little bit
1: for this. I agree. I, uh, Robert i will be a... Uh, Uh, waiting for your phone call. Yeah,
2: too bad you didn't get that other job.
1: Or maybe they could just... It's too bad. Yeah, I think I would have been next in line for the defensive coordinator
2: position for sure. Absolutely. (laughs) You have my uh, recommendation reference and everything. Oh, thanks, thanks. Okay, So it's time for me to talk about ups. Yeah, you go. I got a little ups. I mean, this game was all right. You go. You go. It was all right. So I'm not going to go with the offense. I'm not going to go with Coleman. Although I, I thought it was good that he was used so heavily because... Not to say that I would ever want him to be injured, but he's the more physical of the backs, and it also helps when is not playing so well. But (laughs) the the choice between Coleman and Mostert, who also had a handful of touches, a little bit more than a handful. I was happy they went with Coleman. They were able to run with him pretty effectively. He was a little bit under five yards a carry, and they were able to put him in, in the second half and just have him pound the ball, and I think that's the guy that... The 49ers and Shanahan want to be that other than Wilson, of their super fast backs, they want him to be the guy who's pounding the ball of the middle. You know, when the Niners need three and a half and four or five yards, say a carry, then he's the guy that they want doing that. And I think he did a pretty good job of that. And I'm glad that they gave him the scores. And how many yards did he have total in the day? 105, I think, something like that. Uh, yeah, I believe it was four and a half yards. Say, uh, a, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They were both,
1: both he and Mostert were quite. Uh, good in that particular area like closing in on five yards per carry
2: something like that yeah so I I like the way that they featured him especially when Shanahan appeared to believe that the game was was over but you know I also like the way that they gave Breda the start but then unfortunately pulled him right afterwards but also showing him you know a little bit of of respect there but he unfortunately did not have the game of his career and I feel sort of sorry for him because it's like he's not getting the touches and maybe he's just trying too hard I I don't know but I, I still feel like he's at least the second best back in that trio or, or quartet if my uh, long lost cousin Wilson's in the mix or not, <laughs> or, or not. but I, actually I, mean, I think maybe Samuel's like the best of all of them but still it might be yeah it might be at least our second best running back for sure so anyway the 49ers defense as a whole was my one big up for this game and, and why not? Yeah, because they were awesome. <laughs> and I feel like at least one time podcast, probably like 20 times per podcast, I was just say this very, very deep analytical thing. And then that was my deep analytical thing for, for that day. <laughs> like San Francisco's it. defense was very good. And Solid deserves credit for that. And I don't like to give Solid credit for that. Actually, I do like to give Solid credit for things.
1: It's really good when we can. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's
2: like, like you say, it's like part of my brand, right? Oh, Salah should have done this, Salah should have done that. Well, Salah should have done that, and you did it. It's so a good job, man. <laughs> and we want more of that, like maybe two game, more games of that, and then maybe another season because for some reason, the Browns don't want to hire you because you're too much better than the Minnesota's offensive coordinator. I, I don't really understand that. I guess you know, putting up 150 net yards scores you a head coaching gig, but holding the other team to 150 net yards doesn't. That, Put yeah. On.
1: We talked about that. My, my my immediate reaction when that happened, uh, when Stefanski got hired, was the optics. I texted you and I said, the optics of this hire for the Browns do not look good after what just happened to their new head coach on Saturday.
2: <laughs> not ideal. After a little bit of late night partying after the game and a little bit of a shout out here to my buddy uh, Brent, who's over there at Golden State Brewery in Santa Clara. Sounds good. Fantastic drinks there. I'm not much of an IPA hobby guy, but they had a a wide selection of beers that they make there and some of them weren't hobby and I liked a lot of them and they were delicious and I shut the place down. So anyway, I was sleeping a little bit late. So that was the first text I received the the next morning uh, because we had a, a late flight out. And uh, and I was like, oh well, what's what's going on? And I was like, there's no way. <laughs> and I'm like, oh come on, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> you know, checking like four or five different sources. So I guess that's the secret. Just suck. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's completely, it's unrelated, and it's just a bad quiz. Yeah, season, yeah, but the yeah, opt- yeah. The timing of it was just
2: like, Ey. obviously, he did not get the job for that reason. Browns gonna Browns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like I was saying before, I was like, 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 what, what is the moral of this story? And I think it's just stay away from Cleveland. <laughs> and I think they might have done Salah a favor. Yeah. And I, I honestly don't really think that Salah is ready for a head coaching job. He needs another year as a defensive coordinator and he needs another year of being a fantastic defensive coordinator for the 49ers so i can sing your praises and make you my up every week yes and amen so, and just like we said i honestly think that we just devised the correct game plan for the 49ers on, on, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I and mean, has nothing to do with their fantastic players it's mostly just us um but just like we said a we stout cook who did nothing nine for 18 on the day yeah i think he had like 28
1: total yards or something like that including receptions.
2: That's okay for third down conversion percentage if you're like, matters, but it's definitely not good for yards per carry. Yeah, yeah. And the 49ers force Cousins into all I do is pass mode, which is the mode that you want him in because then it gets to be, all I do is throw bad passes and get sacked and throw picks. And like I said before, they got there with their front four, which is just like we, and I'm taking credit for what you said, just like you said that we had to do. So because of that, cousins ended the day with 172 yards and an 84 passer rating which was under the line that i had set maybe i'll try to give myself a little bit of credit last week that the 49ers needed to keep him under just so that the 49ers could win this game as far as how he has been playing in their wins and losses this season. So the 49 did exactly what we wanted them to do and it was successful. So we're geniuses, obviously. I, I, I agree. Yeah. They also held Minnesota to two for 12 on third down, I believe. Yep. An 0 for 4 and 4th down, consequently, so they were not good. That's so hot. And then, you know, out of all their, their net yards, what, 40, 41 of those were on that Witherspoon touchdown? Just th- 40, yeah, 41 to Stefan Diggs. Yep. Yeah, so it just sort of threw the ball up, and you said the Witherspoon was out of position. I think he was in position until he had to make a play on the ball, and then he was really out of position. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the kind of ball that yeah, it was bad. It should be intercepted. You know, or, actually, I wasn't on third down, so it should be knocked down. <laughs> but, yeah, just knock it yeah, down. Yeah, but, but bye. just don't do that. <laughs> like, anything but that. But maybe that was a good thing for the 49ers in the end because he was taken out of the game, and E-Man was uh, inserted into the game, and E-Man was not perfect, as we don't expect our cornerbacks to be. But we do expect them to try hard, and they did try hard, and we got a little extra out of witherspoon as well because – we learned that he is a guy who wants to play with his team and as a guy who supports his teammates. So all around, even in, in the negative, there is positive when you are going to the NFCC. Like so it. those are my ups. Not too many. I, I think you and I might have been like even in number there. So it's weird. sort of weird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So the downs at this point are going to feel mostly nitpicky. They're downs yeah i mean kind of yeah uh i mean i mentioned witherspoon struggled but he didn't you know he wasn't out there long enough to like really hurt the game too long um they sort of fixed that situation you know they rectified it they said you know what i just as we had been talking about you know maybe continue to start him but his leash continues to get shorter and shorter and shorter and that's what happened and then he handled the situation with grace and the kind of class that you want to see from a person um, and I think the thing that goes a little bit unnoticed about this team is the quality of people seem to be on this squad they haven't really had any knock on wood character issues like they did during the Harbaugh years where there was a lot of like it seemed like every other day something was happening somebody was doing something uh, so that's nice but um, I do unfortunately have to uh, spend a little time you noted uh, Matt Breida earlier I don't know what happened to him um, he was having a you know decent season in the beginning part of the trio of backs he had that long run against the uh the browns on that monday night game and then he got hurt and he seems to have disappeared off the planet since then um i don't know what it is and i think part of it is that you know shanahan loves coleman and wants to give him an opportunity um he finished uh saturday's game just 17 yards on eight carries so that that's that's no bueno um that's not even two yards i mean that's Excuse me, just a hair over two yards per carry, which really messed with the uh, overall team uh, statistic, which, by the way, they were at, um, what, uh, four yards per rush, so uh, pretty good, which also not only includes Breeders runs, but also two Jimmy G kneel downs at the end of the half and the end of the game, so... Uh, It's been weird. I don't know. Brita, he hasn't had more than 10 carries since week nine in Arizona, which feels like it was forever ago. And that game, he only had 10 carries. Now, it probably doesn't help his cause that he's carried the ball 16 times over the last three games, including this playoff game, and he's fumbled the ball three times, two of which, if I remember correctly, came on the same drive. Um, He fumbled it and. Got it back and then fumbled it and didn't recover it the second time. I think that was in the uh, was in the Seahawks game. Maybe yeah. And I don't know if he was back after
2: that.
0: <laughs> yeah, and
1: that was pretty much the end of that. And then he and then his last carry of 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 this game, he fumbles the ball. Now the game was over and it didn't really matter. Uh, but it's it's just it's it's not good. <laughs> Consequently, there was a funny video uh, going around. I don't know if you saw it of Breda's fumble and there's a picture and and, and and like George Kittle comes in and he actually. Uh, motions that it's Vikings ball, which I've never seen before.
2: <laughs> hey, hey, he's honest, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> he just like he turns around, he's looking at the play, and then he just turns around like directly where the camera is, and he just kind of like half-heartedly like points the other direction and just kind of <laughs> walks off. It's it's very like like oh well, that's weird, never seen that, but that's funny. Um, but anyway, uh, hey, good for him, man. Yeah, yeah, I, I like you that. You gotta, gotta love Kittle. Um, at, at this point, you got to be worried about Breeda's confidence and. And in really, the coaching staff is staff's confidence in him, um, especially if they feel like Coleman, who again played really well, and Mostert, who uh, probably would have featured more, but I think he, you know, had a little little nick uh, late yeah. in the game that held him out late. But uh, which is probably the reason the Brita was in there so much late in the game at that point. Anyway, um, I, they, you know, they 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 were effective without him on on Saturday, uh, even though he didn't play well but it's just weird to me. The fact that he was everyone's number one option after it was clear that McKinnon wasn't going to play in the off season. And he looked like he was going to build upon a good season last year. And he has just literally fallen off the face of the earth. It feels like, so it's worrying and uh, I'm, it's not like it's going to kill the team, at least not at this particular point, but I, I just don't like where it's trending, I guess is my concern.
2: Yeah. I could see a situation where he's more active, Going forward, I mean, he's proven himself and Coleman has proven himself in a handful of games. That's why I really didn't mind the fact that they were sort of running him into the ground and, and not, like I said, not from like an injury standpoint, but just the fact that there's pound on the rock, pound on the rock, and we're doing it with Coleman as opposed to one of our guys is more likely to get injured. So right. I would be very, very surprised if Shanahan doesn't have a couple of fun plays up his sleeve for this next game. And If we are lucky to win that game, then definitely in the following game. And is a home run hitter, and I think our longest run was 11 yards this last game. The consistency was amazing, but the 49ers really thrive on their explosive plays, and they didn't have explosive plays in this game, at least in the running game. So... Brita would be the perfect person to help them do that. Moster another perfect person for them to do that. So I wouldn't be so surprised if you see Brita maybe a, a trick player or two or toss a couple of screens or maybe a little bit heavier of a role going forward. Wilson, I don't know if you know anything about him in college, but he had a serious fumbling problem. Like that was a really bad problem for him. And then.
1: Yeah, moster Mostert did for early on in,
2: his, in yeah. his time here too. So And then Wilson had had a bad fumbling problem. With us as well, but they kept on giving the ball so yeah I mean obviously we did not want to be turning the ball over and and I'm sure that you know he's probably holding on to a football as we speak right now' just making sure he's not gonna f- not gonna fumble <laughs> it. Him him, and Debo for sure need to be like holding the ball 100% <laughs> yeah, of the, the time. Prom, but the problem is that Debo has to be like running somebody over at the time. So that might get a little.
1: <laughs> Watch out, everybody. Uh, yeah, I'm not
2: no, sure like the assault and battery rules are. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so, they might need to hire some people just for, you know, for you know, him. <laughs> uh, <running> so <laughs> we're
1: hiring you. You're hiring me for what? Uh, you're just going to stand around and let Debo Samuel run you over. When, just all the time just whenever he feels like it he's just gonna start trucking you oh interesting
2: <laughs> yeah if the 49 ever do get on hard knocks well hopefully we will be never because they will always stay above 500 i like it. that would be a nice little <laughs> segment or two right <laughs> I, I like it for sure
1: um so any uh downs for you there chris again just kind of picking nits a little bit i can
2: always find downs come on man i know you can I know. i'm so negative but it's only because this team is good and it's it surprised me, and they're so close. You know, if they could just tighten up a little bit, I think they can go all the way. So my downs are, like you said, a little nitpicky. But the largest problem that I had was Shanahan again was a little bit too passive, especially leading off the second half when he attempted the. Well, he didn't do it himself, but but he <laughs> decided to have Robbie Gold attempt a short field goal on fourth and short, which. All he did was extend the 49ers' one possession lead to another one possession lead, and it's times like that where, for all, it's not the right decision. I understand a little bit more when you're extending a lead, you know, from like a one score game to a two score game. Right? He did it not in this game, but in a previous game where he, late in the game, in a situation where putting the, the team up by an extra score is, is worth it. So obviously, you know, he knows that and and wants to do such. But in this case. I feel like he sort of lucked out because the Niners really didn't play too well on offense in the second half of the game. And they had a little bit of luck go in their direction. What are you talking
1: about? He knew that Richard Sherman was going to intercept the ball in the next like three plays later. He
2: just, he knew, he just knew. it, It was sort of nice the way that Sherman just, like ran the route <laughs> and he was, was it was a Thielen. Yeah. Was Thielen. Thielen's yeah. like, well, he's not throwing it to me. You know? And Sherman's like, well, CB does. And and man, Customs hit him in stride. So great throw, Kirk, great throw. Just to the wrong guy. Oh, Oh, Kirk. <laughs> Kirk. So that ended up leading to a touchdown. And then after that, it was, I mean, the Niners really didn't do anything for the rest of the game. I mean, they barely threw the ball. They, they had one field goal. Yeah, after,
1: well, the touchdown immediately after the, the Sherman touchdown and then, yeah, one field goal for the rest of the game. They pretty much ran the ball Yeah. every play from there on out was basically what happens.
2: I was a little bit surprised that you know, after Jimmy's interception, which was a little bit over two minutes in the, the first half, that he didn't at least let him throw another pass. I guess he has a lot of trust in his quarterback because I wouldn't want to have that feeling as a quarterback. I guess my last pass was an interception, and now I'm going into the locker room, and this is still a close game, I sort of would have liked to at least, they had the time to at least push it a little bit, but I always want to be aggressive in these situations, and Shannon sometimes does and sometimes doesn't, and in the end, it's possible that he just saw something in Minnesota, and, and I've been reading all the stories about how Minnesota's, Quite deflated in the game, especially in the second half, so maybe he just saw that you know like I, I believe that a field goal is going to put us in a, in a good situation here and then you know lucked into the touchdown on, on the next drive, thanks to sherman 's pick, but I just want him to be aggressive and he he needs to be aggressive this upcoming week the way that he was you know the the first time, so th- that 's my my one you know sort of small gripe with him, but but otherwise, I think he had a very solid game plan. And I think the by starting off pass-heavy, it was not what the Minnesota was <laughs> expecting. And it was extremely successful. And only after Shanahan realized that the 49 offensive line just didn't really want to block for Gravolo, then th- that's when he really just seemed to decide to ride his defense for the rest of the game, which was not the like, Seems like a smart move. Not the yeah. worst. I, idea when your defense is playing like that. <laughs> you know, but but pretty much took the ball out of Grappolo's hands and, and just, you know, let Coleman uh, and the running game take over for for the rest of the contest. So if i had one, you know, reel down other one than one gripey Coaching down like I always have every week, uh, it would be the pass blocking because the Fortnite's pass blocking was not very good this game, like at all. And McGlinchy seemed very overwhelmed, especially at the beginning of the <laughs> that, game. Yeah,
1: it was a rough beginning for him. Yeah, for oh, sure.
2: my, oh, yeah, oh, my goodness. Yeah, and yeah, w- w- <laughs> that one, one series where I guess he didn't know the snap count on one play because like, the ball snapped and he's looking backwards. He's like, uh oh. <laughs> it's like, um, that's a sack. I mean, you can't be allowing your franchise quarterback to be hit like that in a game where you're potentially two games away from, or I guess one game away from the Super Bowl. So, yeah, and then I guess what he, he had, another bad block uh, on running play on that series and then in the drive he also had a, some type of penalty, I believe a false start or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it
1: was a sack, false start, and then another
2: sack and then like three plays of each other. So. And he had another, another play which seemed like an, an easy block and he just totally missed the guy and he ended up able to sort of block him enough to allow the running back to get some minimal yardage but he played a little bit better after that but he definitely seemed overwhelmed on that drive and that was unfortunately an important drive and and he sort of personally killed it himself so you know, obviously he's a youngster, he's learning this is his first playoff game and I expect him to be good going forward and he's generally good in in the run game. I think PFF was a little kind to him because it, there were some blocks that he missed and sort of made up for but the pass blocking has to step up because I mean, Tomlinson had another one of his games, which just—I mean, he didn't necessarily do it, you know, in the red zone like where he usually does it. But yeah, he just needs to improve going forward because we cannot have Grabu get hurt. Obviously, knock on wood here. But they were good in the run game. So both uh, Coleman and Mostert were you know, a little bit under five yards of carry. Uh, even though they had, you know, like I said, a long of, I believe one of them was ten and the other one was eleven on the day. Yeah, uh,
1: Coleman had an eleven leading up to his touchdown. Yeah, so that was the.
2: Yeah, so so they're extremely consistent. They're moving the ball forward on I think all but two plays. Overall, it was a good performance on the ground, and also when the defense knew that it was coming. So. It ended up uh, with, I think the Niners had 38.5 minutes of time possession compared to 21.5. So, I mean, they were... Doing their best to double the, I know, I know it's not double, but they they were doing their best to double the the Vikings in like all statistical categories. So even my downs are good this week, so, <laughs> which is not me. Which I which love I, which it. I, actually, I love it. Of, this is the way it should be for the rest of the year. I'm sort of scaring myself here. I don't know. <laughs> I know who are you? I don't know who took over my body on that plane ride back. But yeah, I mean, honestly, that's it.
1: <laughs> all right, cool. Even if it's like silver linings, this week is really everything. Like yeah. Yeah, it was down, yeah. but you know all good too so it's hard to be too mad when your team plays the best game of the week maybe especially on defense they played one of the best games of the season i agree yeah and hopefully we're going to get another one next week uh we're this coming week we got a couple of days coming they played uh,
2: one of their best games of the season against the packers last
1: time <laughs> yeah absolutely um so that is uh, that's where we're going next uh we have another nfc north team on the schedule uh Unfortunately, it wasn't a different NFC North team this time, but we have to play a team that we already played. Uh, The Green Bay Packers coming back to California for the third time this season. Hopefully the result is very much like it has been with their trips to California uh, previously where they already lost the Chargers and uh, got thumped by us earlier in the year. But this time... Uh, Unlike it would just being a a regular season Sunday night football game. This one is for 85% of the marbles. I did the math. It works out. Just trust me. Uh, And the (laughs) NFC crown, uh, hopefully that uh, nice trophy uh, to go with it. Um, So here's the question in terms of uh, talking about this game, uh, Chris. Uh, So the Niners, as I alluded to, they just absolutely just thumped up on the Packers uh, last time out. It was 37 to eight. Um, and I believe the Packers didn't score their touchdowns to the fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken. So I think it was like 31 nothing or something like that. It, it was it was bad. Um, the Packers were 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 just dealt
2: with. They oh they scored in the third quarter. Sorry, um, it was late in the game when the, when it was over. I think it was a uh, Adams touchdown because he scores scores all of them. I assume. <laughs> yes,
1: Devontae Adams, uh, third quarter. So it was twenty three to eight at that particular point, and then the Forty Nine ers scored twice more, just you know, just attacking on whatever. Uh, so it was thirty seven eight. It was Sunday Night Football. It was a big old thing. You know, it was like who's who's the best team in the NFL or the Forty Nine ers or the NFC or the Forty Nine ers really real? We were still having that conversation, um, but you have to remember that they they thumped on them without D Ford, who was still who was out for the first time. I think this was the first time with his injury. Uh, Joe Staley. I believe this, he had gone out the second time. Is that correct? Yeah, because he, he came back from his leg injury, and then he played the, the Seahawks game and, and broke his finger or whatever, and then he came back. He was still out for that at that point. And Quan Alexander had um, only been out for a couple of weeks um, with his pectoral injury. All three expected to play this week uh, against the Packers for the NFC Championship game. Now, look, I didn't expect the thumping that they put on them the first time. I really didn't. I expected it to be a much closer game. And I, I, I still don't think it's going to be quite that big of a deal. Although, again, I wouldn't be shocked, considering I don't think that the Packers have really improved anywhere in that regard. But what, in your mind, Chris, is one thing that the 49ers need to do to replicate the result as much as possible. And by results, I mean basically get the W. I don't really care if it's like 99 to 95. I mean, as long as they win, it's a win's a win. So what do you think?
2: I thought that replicating that, was it? 31 point win. It's fairly unlikely to happen. It's tw- I think it's only 29 points. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that today you're the math guy. <laughs> oh, yes, that's my thing for today. That's because they went for two on that play. Yeah, it was 37-8. Yeah, because, because that's the way that they were going to come back, I guess. I do well, 85% of the marbles. So yeah, you are definitely the math guy. And I'm forgetting what the score is. So um, yeah, so maybe not quite a 31-point lead. <laughs> I don't think that they're going to be defeating them anywhere near that. But I think there's a very good chance that they win, and all they need is a win. And then they will have a trip to Miami for the Super Bowl. The Packers are a good football team. I think they're a top 10, borderline top 10, top half of the NFL squad. They have Aaron Rodgers. You never want to play Aaron Rodgers. Mustache, no mustache. Sort of like Wilson. You never want him to have the ball in the closing seconds or closing minutes of a game because anything can happen and it's happened to us and it's happened to lots of other good teams. So, But they're a you know, 13-3 squad. Pretty good overall. So the Packers have you know a top 10 offense. Surprisingly, they're better running the ball than they are passing the ball despite you know, having Rodgers, but you know, their lack of talent at the wide receiver position probably has something to do with it, and they've had some you know, blocking problems here and there, and uh, you know they have a, a, sort of like a middle of the pack defense, and they're good versus the pass, but they're not good versus the run. So the Packers want to run the ball, and they don't want to defend against the run. So the Packers want to build a lead, and then. Expand upon that lead and then run the clock out. And they want to be up against teams that are passing the ball because their past defense is good. So the 49ers need to do the opposite of allowing that to happen. And they need another strong defensive performance from the beginning of the game because, like last week, Levi's was just was absolutely rocking. I was shocked, to be honest with you, because all the games that I've seen there. Sometimes the crowd's good, especially in, at night games, and this is a uh, primetime evening game, so they will add to the excitement of the contest, um, but the Packers are going to want to put the ball into the end zone early, and the 49ers need to stop them from doing so. So the 49ers okay. need to score first and score often and jump out to a lead. And if the 49ers are able to do that, then they can control the flow of this football game. And they can force Rodgers into mandatory passing situations similar to what we saw from Cousins this last week. And although I don't really expect it to work out as well as it worked out against Cousins, he will be having to deal with Bosa and Ford and Buckner and Armstead and and co. And if he is forced into those situations, he is slippery and Rodgers, although he is up there in age he is still Rogers and he's still dangerous even if he can't drink beer like a man um, but you know, <laughs> I think I was a little bit mean to Cousins last week but he's supposed to be a really nice guy I mean as for Rogers like I mean there's no debate the guy just yeah. can't drink beer and if you haven't seen the meme i mean it's it, yeah i'm yeah, not yeah. I, i'm not I'm not being mean Like it's just a fact <laughs> you just can't yeah so anyway I maybe mean, that's the way it is yeah. which is fine maybe he's a one guy you know I, I actually I, I can sort of see that all right i'm not gonna get off track here anymore so so uh so th- then we need shanahan and shanahan's offense to step on the gas <laughs> please step on the gas. If you have Rodgers and the Packers in a situation where you can put the game away by going for it instead of kicking a field goal that is going to probably score you less points or if you're in a position where you can go for it and maybe go for um, some type of trick play or some type of uh, a deep attempt in a situation where it makes sense and it's going to be good for your team emotionally and bad for the Packers emotionally, especially after their beatdown last time. I feel like the Packers are a team that could be taken out of this game if they are facing a lead that appears to be insurmountable, like like a Kansas City-style yeah, deficit. Yeah, yeah. So if the 49 can can put them in that kind of deficit and force the... Packers to throw the ball, I think they're, you know, they're in a really good situation. So if Shanahan can't, you know, if he just wants to keep it interesting because uh, he's into the ratings or whatever, I don't know, and the offense can't step on the gas, or he just won't, then we need Salah's defense to, and I'm asking you, Salah, to forget everything I've said about you this year. <laughs> All the bad things. <laughs> and be the good Salah that I love from last week. And the defense <laughs> needs to come up with the big plays in the second half and play like they did last week. Or just somewhat like they played last week. And a little bit of Bosa playing out of his mind wouldn't wouldn't bother me one bit. So obviously the best case scenario is both. You know, Shane puts him away and then Salah's defense comes to play as well. And then we just take Bosa out before he scares me to death by potentially getting injured, and I mean, as as loud as that Levi Stadium crowd was, the, I mean, the silence was deafening. Yeah, that was that was no good for a second. I was like, oh no. Yeah, I know it's cliche, but. I mean I saw the season flash before my eyes. I'm like it's it okay. I'm like it's done.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And of course, I guess he got the wind knocked out of him or he was just And then it was fine. Dun, dun.
1: dramatic. He's a drama queen for sure. Oh, oh yeah.
2: He clearly enjoyed that. After we were shocked, <laughs> there were some fans that were uh in that end zone, who really started chanting his name. I don't know if you hear it on the, I didn't, on the broadcast. I don't notice it now. But yeah, I mean, they're really, really chanting his name. And as soon as he heard that, I mean, he jumped up and and, and everyone, I mean, the place went crazy. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then he was in later, but I was like, you know, at that point, like, I understand that they don't want Minnesota to score at the end of the game, and, you know, that's why they sort of, I, I, actually, I, I don't know if they talked about this in the broadcast or not, because I've only watched the, the All-22 afterwards. But the Foreigners players were putting themselves in the game. Did they talk no, about no, it? I, didn't, I don't think. Oh, I don't think they said anything about that. Oh, but. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, um, I mean, they're sort of getting upset on, the, on that final drive. So, this is why I think if there was any question before as to whether Spooner mostly is going to be starting this upcoming game, at that point, you know, Sherman was out and they had E-Man for some reason playing on Sherman's side and they had Witherspoon on the other side. So Sherman is done with this, like throwing the ball down the field <laughs> stuff. So like, forget it. Yeah. So he, he goes on. <laughs> I ain't running all the way down the field. Yeah, so he goes on, he goes onto the field and he grabs E-Man and pulls him off the field. And he, I mean, E-Man just totally complies with him, you know, cause he knows he, <laughs> <laughs> you let DJ Reed get out there right <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> so, so, so Sherman's like, I'm playing here. And, and then so, so E-Man, E-Man like does what? He should do, and you know, he's obviously uh, Sherman's the senior guy there, and you know, the leader of the uh, of the secondary. So uh, he, you know, he runs off the field, and I, I couldn't tell who, but one of the coaches for the Forty ers grabs him and throws him <laughs> out there on the other side where Witherspoon was playing. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so that right there, I was like, oh, well, we know who's starting next week. So yeah. if they for some reason doesn't change their mind, I mean. At that, it seemed to me at that point that, that 49 coaching staff had decided that they have their two starters and email is going to be one of those two guys. So there you go.
1: So, yeah. So basically the, the, the short answer to the question is just do exactly the same thing that they did last time, <laughs> which is, you know, they jumped out to a 23, nothing lead at halftime. And, you know, then Rogers was just scrambling, but, uh, um, yeah, more or less with you. I think I would, uh, sort of sum it up and that it really comes down to the pass rush on both sides of the ball. um, that the 49ers line needs to contain uh the smiths uh the smith brothers as they call them even though they're not actually brothers um and let jimmy get the ball like we were talking about get it out of his hands uh get it to to, to especially george kittle uh he had a great game uh, 129 yards on six catches uh last time out against the packers um their secondaries you know it's, it's all right but uh there there are a couple of places that they can uh, certainly pick on especially um and and then also as well uh blake martinez is a coverage linebacker who uh generally opts not to uh cover uh the other team's uh tight end so let's yeah like uh, you know, <laughs> yeah i mean let's just say this they they, jimmy graham like kind of did whatever he wanted on like on sunday like for the seahawks and he's like 50 years old and not good anymore. So <laughs> that tells you anything about about it. I don't think he actually had that many yards, but it looked like he basically was there all the time. And just, you know, just let you know about the packer, the middle of the Packers defense, if you need to know anything. Um, and then, of course, you know, replacing Joe Staley with Justin or Joe, excuse me, other way around, Justin School with Joe Staley on Jimmy's blind side will certainly make a, a pretty major difference. Uh, I think uh, the first time out, they were you know figuring out how do we move the pocket and get get Garoppolo on the move so that he's not throwing uh, inside the pocket all the time. So that school not expected to, to hold blocks against these top-notch pass rushers all the time. Um, I mean, you think of the long touchdown pass that George Kittle had uh, Garoppolo rolled out to his left and, and then, you know, uh, George had sort of, you know, waved goodbye to all of the defenders as he walked by them and then ran into the end zone. Uh I I think you're still going to see kind of a lot of that because that's what shanahan does is like to move things around as much as possible and get the defense thinking, but uh um I think he still he has more of an opportunity to to leave Jimmy in the pocket if they can hold if the uh offensive line can hold up. Um and on, and then on the other side, you just got to, you know, do what you did in in the first game. Uh Get to Rodgers, create pressure, and then trust that the secondary, which is, you know, back to full health, uh, can hold up. I think uh, the, the Week 12 game was uh, Akello's first game back, and he was, you know, pretty decent in that game back. Um, but I think with, uh, uh, you noted, their receiving core, which outside of Devontae Adams is, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, not 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 real good. Um, I, as I mentioned, uh, I'm not worried about Jimmy Graham in the middle of the field, especially with Quan Alexander back. Um, and even with, you know, Drake Greenlaw and and Fred Warner, I'm not sure that Jimmy Graham is going to be much or that a player um, that Jimmy Graham's success is going to be indicative of something that the, that the Packers uh, can do um against the the 49ers um last time out they created 16 pressures on 33 throws from rogers uh, and he threw 13 incompletions and had just 66 net yards if you include all the sacks and stuff so basically it comes down to the line of scrimmage which seems like an antiquated thing to say um but i think if they control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the field um you know, both sides of the ball, both offensively and defensively. I, I, I just don't think the the Packers have the, the consistency, uh, which I'll get into in just a second. What I mean by that and we the firepower to uh, to stay with the 49ers. So, um, yeah, so let's go ahead and move on to the uh, prediction section of the podcast. Uh, we're going to predict both games just because it's a lot of fun. Um, uh, so I'll go ahead and start and then we'll move into to your thoughts on this, Chris. Uh I, I think, unfortunately, uh this is where the Titans mojo runs out. I think they've had a nice run. Um and as much as I'd prefer to see them in the Super Bowl uh than to see Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, I, I, I just I, I don't know that the, that the Titans have what it takes to beat them. Even though they did already this season, that's interesting. Both of these games are uh rematches from the games this season. The Titans beat the Chiefs earlier in the year, 49ers beat the Packers. Uh, as much as I'd love to see that repeated, I I don't know. Um, like I said, last week against, where their game against the Ravens, I think they keep it closer than, uh, than, uh, the, the Texans were able to do. Um, but I still think that Kansas city wins by at least a touchdown, maybe as many, by as many as like 10 or 13
2: points or something like that. Uh, I'm I um, you can say 10 touchdowns. I'm like, All right. <laughs> no, 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 Just like, yeah, you know, like uh, o- no, o- is on the other side, man. Come on. <laughs>
1: um for the 49ers uh i think the packers uh as although they might be on a winning streak since that loss of the niners they have not lost a game since then uh if you take a look at their competition it hasn't exactly been uh the stiffest of competition uh they beat the giants they beat the redskins the bears the vikings the lions and now the seahawks um so, I mean, the Vikings are arguably the best team out of that group. And while they beat them, you know, in a similar style to the that the 49ers did, um, I, I think they haven't looked really dominant uh, throughout any of those games. And more importantly, they haven't really been consistent. I think there's been spots in all of those games, for the most part, with the exception of maybe the Giants game, where they pretty much were like out in front at the beginning and just kind of controlled that game all the way through. You know, they very well could have lost the Bears game. They very well could have lost the Vikings game. They very well could, have lost, they should have lost the Lions game if the Lions had even a, you know, not their fourth string quarterback in. They might have lost that game, um, and, and 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 I think that that matters. The fact that they have not played a full game, four quarters of consistent football, uh, maybe all season. I, I haven't watched them enough to know, but I can say for sure over the last you know six or eight weeks that's been the case. Um, and I just think. The 49ers are even in better shape than they were the first time to get pressure on Aaron Rodgers and create problems for that Green Bay defense. They're healthier than they've been all year. Um, I I just feel like the Niners have have got their number, and I think this is going to be a big win for the Niners, maybe not quite the 29 points that they got out last time, but I'm going to go something like 35-21 San Francisco.
2: Chris? I definitely like it. All right, so so talk Chiefs and... Tennessee, yeah. I don't understand how the Titans keep winning because <laughs> they don't throw the ball for over 100 yards a game. In the last two games. Yeah,
1: yeah, two games in a row they've been under 100 yards passing.
2: I think they have like like 15 total completions or something. I mean, it's, it's just something like, it's anything, insane. Yeah. yeah, so so I'm like, okay, so we know how to stop them, but why don't we just do it? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know.
1: Because Derrick Henry is a very big man and scary, yeah. apparently.
2: Yeah, and, and when he gets he gets going in the second half, he, he is hard to stop. But I mean, he's a guy who's been in the league for a while, and. I mean, I don't know if they're testing him for like PEDs and uh, and HGH, like they did to Sherman right after the game. Like, nice move, NFL. Thanks a lot for that one. You hear about that? Uh, No, I I didn't. (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah. So he he tweeted right after the game. He's like, "Oh, I got like a a double hit today by the NFL." (laughs) (laughs) I I pick one ball, and then suddenly they're testing me for uh, for PEDs and and uh, human growth hormone like right after the game. I'm like, "Really? Come on, NFL. Like, give me a break." So I, anyway, I mean, yeah, I don't think that that, yeah, unless it's something for Sherman's head, Sherman's brain. Like, I, I don't think that you should be, you know, testing him for like you know, physical type of uh, type type of drugs because you know a lot of his game is mental, and anybody who you know watches him on a regular basis knows that he's a he's a smart corner and and makes up for uh, any you know, age, you know, uh, discrepancies between him and. and the uh, wide receiver that he covers with uh, with smart smart football play, so that was sort of a silly thing. I mean, I, I'm not sure what the exact process is there, but if that was something that was somebody decided, that was pretty silly. So, all right, um, the Titans they, they they did beat the Chiefs last time. I'm trying to remember the game. That was was that the first game that Mahomes came back. I believe that it was. I think that's
1: right, but I will uh, keep talking. I'll verify for you.
2: Yes, because they see they lost to the let's say they lost to the Packers, and then they beat the Vikings in like a close game, and then they lost to the Titans in a close game, and I think that the Titans game was the one where they it was his first game back. I think in and that next game when they the, the Chargers was the one those were. That-
1: yeah, Mahomes played. He was thirty six of fifty for four hundred forty six yards. It was very much a game like Whoa. you would expect, like the game that the games that they've won. Uh, Tannehill was thirteen to nineteen. He had one hundred and eighty-one yards. So he had almost wait. wait, you know, wait how many yards did he threw? One hundred and eighty-one yards. Whoa! whoa, uh, whoa but like Derrick Henry twenty-three. <laughs> <laughs> Derrick Henry was twenty-three carries, one hundred and eighty-eight
2: yards. What uh, is the so, deal with him? Yeah. I mean, he, he was. I don't know. I mean, just because he weighs, he weighs uh, like five hundred yeah, pounds and it, runs like of like a fourth yeah, day. <laughs> it was. It
1: was his uh, return. Uh, it was Mahomes' first it was. first okay, game cool. back, and he all threw right, for right. a bazillion yards. For me. And, they, they lost, uh, on a, um, a last second touchdown from Tannehill to Adam Humphreys.
2: Yeah. So, go well, figure. I mean, I mean, come on that, that combo, right. <laughs> as figure as we all expect straight to Canton, baby, <laughs> <laughs> the score of that game was what? 35, 32, 35, 32. But you know, we had Mahomes home. So for a lot of yards, so. The over under on, on this game is fifty three. You say you say the last game it was it was what 51? 51 yeah. for, the, like, yeah. for the for the Chiefs yeah. so the Texans. I don't game, yeah. think the Chiefs are gonna score fifty-three points in this game. <laughs> uh, I don't think that both teams combined are gonna score fifty-three points in this game. I think it's going to be a closer game than expected because the the Titans are doing something right on the events. <laughs> and they're figuring some things out and If O'Brien can figure things out, then I'm sure that the Titans defense can figure things out. I mean, O'Brien can figure things out for like half of a quarter or whatever. So if they're able to build that type of lead, then I think that the Titans can keep this game close. So I'm going to go with a 24 to 20 victory for the Chiefs over the Titans in a game where, yes, if the 49ers, I guess it'd be easier for me if the 49ers... Uh, won uh, the game, you know, or if they played earlier and then they won because then I could I could yeah, do a full-blown because yeah, I I, I, like the, I like the Chiefs except for the, the, you know, criminals on the team. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah but the vast majority of the players I, I do like, but they, they could use the D4, just saying. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully they will um, do something with that, you know, last pick of the round. So I, I think that Mahomes will be not necessarily held in check because I don't know if that's possible, but, you know, I think that the Titans will hold the chief's offense overall somewhat in check, at least to make it a contest and not make it a blowout that nobody really wants to see. So I think that the Titans playing the 49ers would be sort of a dream scenario for the 49ers at the beginning of the year. <laughs> uh, but but, I think the 49ers would gladly take the Chiefs in the Super Bowl if they were offered that at the beginning of the year as well. So I I, I think so. Yeah, so so, um, 24-20 Chiefs over Titans, and then depending on what I come up with the next, um, if I predict a 49ers uh, victory, then um, I might lose a a really good friend who's a really big Chiefs fan, depending on how that Super Bowl goes. So yeah, we'll we'll go with the... um, I guess you know the the Chiefs for the win, uh, the Titans to cover and and the under on that one. 49ers, we have forty six over under, forty ers by seven and a half. How do you feel about that?
1: I mean, I like it, but I don't. You know, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you don't care about no lines.
2: Nah, I'm not, I'm not putting money on it, so that's fine. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm not. I'm not either because I don't do. I don't do stuff like that. Because I probably could lose all my money, probably <laughs> for sure. <laughs> well, if you, if, if you take my uh, yeah, absolutely my, my playoff predictions into account, I definitely would. So, that would be let's see, let's do, let's do some math here. I know the math is your thing today, but I'll try. So, that's gonna be like a 27 to 19 ish game, something like that. Sure, or so we'll say, we'll say, 20, we'll say like 27 20. All right. I think that this game so twenty eight twenty to
1: cover to cover twenty seven twenty to not cover really yeah. is really what yeah. yeah.
2: So, so I think that this game will also be way too close because I want to reverse jinx it again because it worked last week. I so, like it. All right. So I'm going to go with another twenty four to twenty victory. For I don't know has that ever happened before with two teams <laughs> where
1: you've picked uh, we've never oh, we only picked oh no no I mean you know? I mean
2: the, the, the two teams in the, oh where
1: it, the two it, games have ended on the same score yeah, I yeah, couldn't yeah, I couldn't tell yeah, you probably not but I would guess not yeah, but don't know no, no.
2: but well it's not going to happen this time either but I'm going to predict that it will happen that way the foreigners will win by like you know well. They should hopefully win by more than they won last week if they played the way they played last week. So I think I like I'm it. thinking Twenty four twenty 24-20 win uh Niners over Packers. Uh, but the difference in this game will be that um, Rodgers will not have the ball at the end of the game. And instead, the 49ers will have the ball at the end of the game and the Packers would have just scored and decide to kick it instead of onside it and Grappolo will lead them to a a couple of first downs and this game will be over and the fans in the stands will rejoice and maybe if i can find a ticket is a reasonable price i will be there to (laughs) rejoice with them so i like it i like that, that that's my prediction for the game and if they win this game i guess i have to go to the super bowl I guess. I mean, you sound so sad about I it. I mean, uh, no, I want to go to the Super Bowl, but do you have any money to lend me? No. For, for, uh, no. I do not. Okay. I do not. I'm going to have to find like a, a like a rich old... old yeah. Like, do yeah, do it. Do it. Uncle or great uncle or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like yeah, it. But I I, I will... Like I've said from the beginning, if they keep on winning, I'll keep on being there and I'll keep on wearing my sixth jersey. So I (laughs) I will find my way to Miami and and sneak in a stadium or something. I don't know. We'll see. Sounds good. But first step is win on Sunday night, and hopefully I will be there. And if I am, then I will not have a voice when we do our next podcast. I I like it. Sounds good. So there you go. That that, that is my my final final prediction of the playoffs pre-Super Bowl good deal. All right. I'm done. Well, <laughs> <laughs> thanks uh
1: everybody for tuning in to this edition of the niner Noise podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Um as always, please check us out on your favorite podcasting platform and uh you know, click that subscribe button and also leave us a nice review and share the podcast with all your 9er fan friends. Um so one way or the other, we will see you uh next week. Um hopefully it will be to a uh, you know celebration podcast slash no really you know next week if, if if they win the game we're just doing celebration forget it we're not even going to talk about about the super Bowl we're just going to talk for like an hour about how excited we are that's I'll, it i like it um <laughs> so I'm until then <laughs> all right let's do it all right um until then we will uh see you next week niner fans uh see you later